everyone. Welcome to our second episode of 13am. And today I'm joined by Charlie. Say hi. Hi. And our special guest, Kevin Tan. Hello. (laughs) So um, first, uh, how was you guys' weeks? Charlie, you want to go first? My week was terrible. I was not productive. I did absolutely nothing. And that's it. Great. What about you, Kevin? My week's been amazing. Um, My courses right now are pretty chill. It's just marketing and art. But then I never anticipated there to be so much work. So during the last week, I'm just trying to like cram everything in before the end of the semester. So I hopefully don't fail the course, but that's what I've been up to. Thank you for asking. No problem. Well, that's great. My week has been going pretty good, and our new quarter is starting up in a couple days, so we're just getting prepared for that stuff. All right. So moving on in our agenda, um, today we're joined by Kevin, who is currently one of the heads of his business school at Stephen London Secondary and has participated in multiple case competitions, and is all around just a great guy who is very accomplished in many things. So, Kevin, um, you are interested in business, and you did apply to business school. So why did you choose to, you know, pursue this field particularly? All right. Um, So first of all, thank you so much for hyping me up. Um, You know, I really appreciate your words, even though most of them are untrue, but... Anyway, why I started in getting into business was um, when I, in, in grade nine, I was actually forced into this like business program by my mom during summer. She actually wanted me to like do something productive because um, I wasn't taking summer school. So that's where like I really started to develop my passion for business. Like um, in, that, in that program, I didn't really like get much experience interacting with people, but then I did get some experience um, you know, working around with, you know, business models, business plans, just presenting. And I realized that I was like, that the public speaking aspect of business was actually like pretty fun. It's like both scary, but fun at the same time. But then I guess like, it's like the fear of it that like kind of like drove me forward. And that's like what got me like really into it. Um, but then nowadays, if um, you're asking why I'm interested in business now, um, as I developed throughout high school, I kind of realize that business is really important in our world because it's you know all around us um it's how we interact with people so like i really believe that being good at business will help me succeed in the future and i want to be successful so i guess that's my response to that question yeah for sure definitely and like after grade nine Mm -hmm. what kind of other things do you do to prepare you to you know go into business Right. Um, so after my first program, I realized that um, there was actually a lot more things that I didn't know about business. Right. So I just found opportunities out in the community to both immerse myself in this field and um, as well as some like volunteering work to do on the side as well. But um, yeah, I just like immerse myself in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So like things I've heard you've been part of like Beta U and a bunch of other programs. Do you want to tell me a little bit about those? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just going to speak about Beta U. So Beta U is this um, business-orientated uh, leadership committee in City Center. And basically what we do is uh, we bring events to the community 
but then everyone in the group really has like a business mindset. So we tackle those problems and we plan these events um, with that mindset in the back of our mind. Um, so some, some events that we planned out were like, for example, like a skating event last year. So even though like that may not really seem like a business event on the outside, you know, it's not like a typical case competition or like, you know, some like really business related stuff. Um, there, there was like a lot to learn for like someone who's interested in business, like, you know, coordinating the logistics and finance work behind it. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, it sounds like you did a lot with business in high school. But, like, for me, as someone who was interested in business in high school, I had a lot of trouble, like, finding opportunities as someone in, like, grade 11 or grade 12 to get involved in, like, the field. So can you tell me, like, what are some ways, like, you found these opportunities? Right. So actually, finding case competitions, I originally had some difficulties with it. Um, I believe that the first time I was really exposed to case comps was from my friend, um, they were just like, oh, Kevin, there's this like case comp here, you should like totally join us. And that's how I really got started. And after that, I remember looking for more case comp opportunities, but then I couldn't find um, that many, right? So like, I guess like you really have to like network and actually like talk to people who are like involved in the field. And that's how you find more opportunities that way. But then um, in grade 12, I actually realized there weren't that many opportunities in Richmond. So um, what I kind of did was, you know, just creating these opportunities that um, your community lacks. Yeah, I think that's really good. Just like creating opportunities for students to discover business because it's not a very like specific field that you can go into and learn about like chemistry or physics, but it's something that's a very broad term. Um. And so you did apply to business schools. How was that experience for you personally? Right. Um, overall experience was, I wasn't really unexpected because um, I've actually been talking to some students who have applied to business school last year. So I kind of know what to expect. But then even going into it, um, there were some like online interview portions that I stressed out a lot about. Um, Mm -hmm. but aside from that it went pretty well because I actually started my applications pretty early which I am pretty happy for that and pretty pretty grateful so um yeah it was overall like a pretty fun experience so you know for any future students that do want to go into business or are looking to apply to business schools do you have any advice for them applying to business I guess one thing that I really wish I did more of during high school is definitely network, um, especially this year because of the pandemic. Um, we aren't really allowed to go to any real in-person case competitions. And I feel like, um, you know, this year I kind of lack that. So I would strongly encourage all of you to like start early and um, take the opportunity to reach out to people, to build your own connections because um, connections is really what makes you succeed or um, not succeed in the future. So um, I strongly encourage all of you to make as many connections as you can. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the biggest problem I'm having right now in like an online university format is like making those connections with other people and in my program and with other students. But I guess going back to something you talked about a little bit earlier, right. you said in grade 12, you started making opportunities 
uh, when there weren't any uh, in terms of like school clubs or maybe even your own kind of side side thing yeah. in terms of consulting. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about what you did there? Right. Um, so I guess I'll talk about consulting first. So I remember I was just like sitting around at home in like March during the pandemic. And I just like thought to myself, what am I doing with life? You know, like I see all my friends like trying to like start businesses during the pandemic, like all these like nonprofit organizations. So I'm like, oh, might as well like, you know, use all the experiences that I've accumulated over the past few years and just start something of my own, right? So um, I got my friend, Steven, he's also from my school and we decided to actually start our own consulting business. And um, yeah, so overall, it was like, it was pretty similar to my high school incentive program, the NX project, um, where we had to like reach out to someone who we didn't know and really to like network and build a connection with them. So what happened there is we somehow stumbled onto this dog training service and we reached out to them. Um, they actually needed help with the website. So um, that was perfect over there. And while working with her, um, we actually ran into a few difficulties because first of all, our clients, uh, they weren't that tech savvy in the sense that um, they're, they're basically a boomer. But um, so we have, we basically had to like teach them how to like use Zoom and like a lot of like advanced technologies. Um, so it was like a bit, there's was, there was a lot of work involved, but overall it was like a really great experience just communicating with um, a client and just developing that connection and just figuring out what someone else needs. Um, especially in times of like crisis. Um, so yeah, it was overall like a really, really fun um, experience. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, so I, I guess currently I'm also doing a little bit of consulting at my school. Uh, we have a consulting club, so I'm doing that. And it's I, I agree, it's a really fun experience uh, mm -hmm. working with clients and helping them. But I just have a question for you. What kind of consulting do you do? Do you do like management consulting? or something else yeah um for ours it was actually kind of sketchy it's not like we don't really have like one set thing that we do um we kind of just like our main goal our main objective was to like help her profit the most right so like we tried to like help ways to um help her with like you know marketing to help her with like management just give her like advices here and there but i wouldn't say like we're really like specified and um we didn't only target one specific thing yeah that sounds really cool do you want to go into a little bit more detail about some of the projects you've done for your clients in the past? Right, for sure. Um, so the first thing that we did for her was, um, I, I guess I'll just start with some problems that we saw or we identified in the beginning, uh, because I believe that's like the main way to approach um, a problem and actually to help your client grow. So in the beginning, we took a look at her website and her main problem there was she, she was essentially a really great dog trainer she had a lot of great reviews and a lot of great resources but her website was outdated essentially um so over there we just helped her one rebrand her logo we designed a new logo for her um we helped move her website into uh, a more friendly user interface one um and as well another problem that we identified in the beginning was that her social media was lacking presence because she was only using facebook so over there, we helped her build a following over Instagram as well. Um, so I would say those two are uh, the two things that uh, we, we focused on. 
Yeah, it sounds really cool. And I would love to get to know more about your consulting business since it's also a, an area I'm really interested in right now. But I think you have to move on. Yeah. Right. So, you know, as we all know, me and Kevin are both part of student council. And we just want to have a quick discussion on the importance of student council since Charlie is also, you know, vice president of his association at his school. Right. Um, so I just want to get your guys' opinions on whether student council is a very essential part of, you know, student culture or whether it's just a sort of popularity contest um, that just something you put on your resume. Kevin, why don't we start with you? What do you think? Me? Me, right? Okay. Um, no, no, the other Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah, I think that student council... Um, especially for like president positions, anything that has like a vote involved that's not um, only from the executives is essentially a popularity contest. Um, but with that being said, I'm, I'm kind of contradicting myself here. It is still an essential part of high school um, because a lot of the experiences and values that I developed throughout high school were actually from student council, just working in that um, setting. But um, that's basically my thought on it. So, like, you know, there's, like, people that, like, don't get the positions they yeah. want, and so they just, like, leave student council, and they never do anything for it again. Uh, do you think that's, like, yeah. a part of the club that can be changed for the better so people aren't, like, left out because they don't have a leadership position? Or is that just a central part of the club's culture, just how it works? Right. Um, honestly, I think that, um, no dis, but I think that people who leave student council um, after not getting their position are people who are essentially doing it for the resume. If they are truly committed to making um, the best environment for the students, they would always find um, different like other opportunities in student council or maybe in other clubs to like, you know, continue, continue what they're passionate about. Um, yeah. so I don't think that this is something that could be changed. Um, this is more about um, changing the perspective perspective of like um the public right because there's always this like stigma in the public especially right now how um you know everything's so competitive everyone's like basically doing all their extracurriculars for resume attaching so i think that it's a really difficult thing that um for for us to solve if we wanted to just like you know solve it in one go for sure for sure i definitely agree with that sentiment um charlie do you have anything to say about that knowing that you are an integral part of your school's community in terms of leadership? In terms of how I received my position, I actually wasn't elected. And I was instead like chosen by the previous executives and not through a popularity or voting contest. So I was just kind of wanting to get your opinion about like which method of, I guess, electing or choosing executives in student council or in any student association is like the best way. Or like a better, better way. Right. Um. So I really don't believe that there's any best way. Um. I, I think that some positions need um. One certain type of voting as compared to the other. Like for example, if you're electing the student council president, I think that that should be elected because um we need to hear the public's opinion um in that matter, right? Uh, I think that the public should have know um the power to choose who they want to lead the school who wants to like represent them and to come up with activities 
that they're actually interested um, about. But at the same time, um, other positions such as, you know, vice president who may be working more behind the scenes could be more, um, you know, exec chosen because those are people who need to work hard behind the scenes and they don't um, appear as much as the student council president. Yeah, so I guess in that sense, um, for positions that are not chosen uh, by the public or by like a general population, hmm. how much does nepotism or like knowing the people in charge play a factor in getting that position? And is that like actually a problem in high school? I guess right now, um, even running the group rep program, um, having people come in to do the interview and actually knowing some of them um, is really difficult telling them, no, like they don't deserve the position, right? Um, I think that it's definitely a problem. It really depends on who the execs are and what their morals are and um, how they choose to approach situations. But um, I can't see how this is a problem that may arise. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I just finished hiring the rest of my executives. Yeah. And when I was interviewing them, right, some of them were people I already knew and were people I was relatively good friends with. And some of the people were like people I didn't know whatsoever. And I mm -hmm. definitely had a lot harder time talking negatively about yep. the people I already knew. Yeah. And I think in part because I already know how they work and I can see them being a good fit on the team, but also in part because right, I don't want to like leave someone I know like off of the student council team. So I definitely agree. It can be a problem at times. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you think I can add on to that? Yeah, go ahead. I think that I totally agree with you. Like um, if you know the person personally, you'll know their work habits but then how they're judged by the other executives and how other people see them are mainly from their written application and their interview process. So even if you personally know that they are a really good applicant, um, you know, there may be some other people who only see this other side of them, right? Which may be more negative. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, so I think that in some sense, nepotism could be beneficial in the sense that if you know the person well and maybe they underperform during the interview but um yeah that's what i wanted to add yeah i actually think that's a really good point and i do believe i do believe that to some extent so so you know moving on to sort of um a last question about business in high school um do you think like personally as a student going into business that taking courses in the sciences is more or less helpful than taking courses in the arts or is there even a difference right um i think that both are actually really really important um in terms of science even though you may think that it's completely unrelated um, to business but science courses teach you um, some sense of logical thinking um, which i think would be beneficial because to succeed in business, once again, you need to kind of understand um, the, th the different like thought processes, right? Like when you work with different people, you kind of have to adjust your working style to them. And especially when you're working with like higher ups and like you want to get things passed, you have to learn how to essentially suck up to them, kind of be like them and um, develop like a similar, you know, thought process 
um, stylism because that's how you really get your ideas across. Um, but then in terms of art, I, re- I wouldn't like undermine that as well because art is like more of a creative side, which I think is still necessary in business as well. Um, so I think that they should be weighted equally and there really isn't one that's more important than the other. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's very important to have a balanced course load. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so, you know, we're going to move on and pull the focus to Charlie because, you know, mm-hmm. Kevin is interested in consulting and so are you. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, Charles, specifically, why did you choose to look into consulting? The reason I got into consulting is not because, like, it was like a childhood passion from when I was 10 and I really wanted to work at Deloitte and whatever. Um, but in my first year at university, I, I was just looking at opportunities I can get involved. And I saw that my program had like a consulting club run by students uh, designed specifically for students in my program. So, you know, I, I gave it a shot in my first year uh, and I applied and I got in, surprisingly, um, but after I got in, it was like a really good experience for me and I learned a lot uh, from that experience, arguably more than I learned in all of my classes combined in my first term. So yeah, I really enjoyed that experience and I kept on uh, doing it this term as well. So looking at consulting specifically, how do you keep up to date with you know the trends in business and uh, you know business news? In terms of like some of the work I've done for clients, I've been doing a lot of market research. So what that required me to do was like look at how the market or the industry our client is working in is uh, currently doing. You know, if we're expecting industry growth, if we're expecting the industry to decline, um, how many competitors our clients have in that industry, and if it is a good time for them to go to market right now, or if they do go to market right now, how, uh, what do they need to consider at that time? So we've definitely done a lot of work that needs us to keep updated with um, what's currently happening in the market. And we do a lot of research in that area so we can provide our clients with the best work that we do. Wow, that's a lot of thought put into consulting um so you know that's a great transition to our next topic which is also has to do with current events and business and that is we're going to talk about the short squeeze with uh gamestop and hedge funds and reddit yeah so um i'm pretty sure kevin uh doesn't really know anything so we can take this opportunity to tell him about um, the recent developments in terms of the stock market and Wall Street versus Main Street um, transfer of money. So, Charlie, you want to give us a quick 60-second rundown on what's happening? Yeah, so um, basically uh, what I understand to have happened is a bunch of people on the Reddit group known as r slash Wall Street Bets decided that they should... Um, Manipulate the market in a way, uh, in an unnatural way, so that um, hedge funds or investment funds with a lot of money uh, invested in certain companies uh, through short selling um, lose money because 
um, what short sellers do is they rely on the price uh, of a certain company's stock to decrease. So they greatly, um, they greatly boosted uh, GameStop stock, where their stock increased by up to 600, not 600%, 500% within the past week. Yeah, so can you tell us about like the implications this has on Wall Street and the stock market in general, as well as GameStop? Do you guys know what short selling is? Um, does Kevin know what short selling is? Kevin, do you know what short selling is? Uh, yeah, I know a little bit um, about it. Yeah, I came up with a great analogy for it. and I, really oh, I came up with an analogy too. Oh my god, okay, it's like... I borrowed a PS5 from Allison and I told her I'd give it back to her in like two weeks and then I sold it at the current market price and I hope that in two weeks the price of that PS5 goes down so I can buy that PS5 back and then give it back to Allison and I make the profit from what I originally sold it for minus what I had to pay to buy it back. Wow. Yeah, that's um, I have the same analogy with burritos so I mean that's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fire. Kevin, do you understand? Yeah. Um, Charlie's analogy is just amazing. I'm blown off my feet. Okay. Our producer has a question. What does the PS5 or burrito represent? So the PS5, uh, or the burrito in our case, represents uh the stock of a certain company. So in the current real world scenario, it's GameStop stock. Uh, where hedge funds had invested a lot of money uh, in borrowing stock, uh, specifically GameStop, from GameStop, and relied on the value of that stock to decrease. Yeah, and one of the like the biggest things about this whole you know affair is the fact that these hedge funds actually borrowed more stock than stock existed. So they borrowed up to like at one point one hundred forty percent of GameStop's actual stock. So that's a big no-no because you can't just borrow stocks that just don't exist. From what I understand, people, uh, the people on Reddit are kind of going homemade uh, DIY vigilante um, on Wall Street right now and are hoping to decrease the amount of power that these massive hedge funds and corporations and people with billions of billions of dollars have by just greatly boosting the stock uh, of a certain company and in terms of like their success they've been doing a pretty good job one of the hedge funds that's been most affected melvin uh, capital has lost more than four billion dollars in their total amount of funding and in terms of the impact it has on society i'm not really sure but a lot of what we're seeing now um on social media are people trying to be homemade or diy fbi vigilantes trying to bring change to the world through their own means on social media and i feel like that's both a positive and a negative thing okay um so i'm just gonna quickly briefly talk about uh robin hood so Essentially, what Robinhood is, it's a stock trading app, and it allows you to trade very small shares of stocks, right? Stupid. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. I didn't, so, 
Dope. <laughs> okay, so, so you get like you get to pay like a little bit of money, like a couple dollars for like zero point zero one percent of like Apple. Or zero point one zero point zero one percent of like an Apple share. And then you can so it doesn't take any money for any transactions and it just takes a little cut from your profits um if you do make money on the stock market. So it's very accessible, very like, you know, it's for the people below, it's not for people who are trading on Wall Street. It's just for the regular people. And Robinhood has always had this sort of um, sort of business model that they're for the people. And when sort of GameStop and AMC and all these other stocks began rising because, you know, the Reddit people wanted to uh, screw these hedge funds over, what happened was Robinhood took the side of these hedge funds. And they're taking the side of, you know, rich people, what other people look at as like conglomerates and the owners of these massive executive sort of companies. And they're now not very happy because Robinhood has stopped anyone from selling or buying GameStop or AMC. And like, that's not, that's like not good because that's, going directly against their for the people kind of mentality they had before and what's going on is right now is they're trying to sue robin hood with a class action lawsuit um for preventing these consumers from accessing these stocks so yeah that's what's going on with that uh well okay i have a question for you allison um not uh about the whole class action class action lawsuit but since clearly I was uninformed about uh, these stock trading apps and I have been getting a surprising amount of wealth simple advertisements whenever I watch YouTube, um, what's like kind of the difference between like these trading apps designed for like the everyday person versus like what we think of investing as like trading on Wall Street? Mm-hmm, for sure. So... There are a lot of platforms that you can use to trade stocks. Um, you know, most commonly, you can think of TD Ameritrade. Uh, you know, Robinhood is also a big one, well, simple. And these these stockbrokers essentially will, you know, take your stock and, like, you can sell it at a certain price and you can buy them. And usually, uh, companies like TD Ameritrade will charge you a certain cost, $10 for trading a stock. And they don't care whether you win or lose money. It just depends on, you know, how many trades you make. Uh, Apps like Robinhood are definitely more accessible because they're free. You don't have to pay money, um, even if you, like, lose money. Well, you do have to pay money when you lose money, but you don't have to pay money if you win money. They just take a little portion of your earnings. I think Robinhood is probably for very young investors, probably people who aren't, really familiar with the stock market just yet and aren't willing to put in a lot of money um people with very little capital to invest whereas uh stuff like you know td ameritrade is like what my mom would use and then there's like the big wall street stuff which is you know for the rich people on wall street so yeah those are the differences i see thank you for teaching me more i'm definitely (laughs) more informed about stocks than i was like two days ago so yeah, I, I had a very, I was very invested in stocks for a while. And then I stopped because it got too confusing. Haha, <laughs> that's a nice pun. Haha. <laughs> what do you think? Nice pun. That's not, even, that's not a pun. Good pun. Not a pun. Good pun. 
Kevin, do you have anything to say on this topic? No, I'm just getting educated about Allison. I'm just trying to let all of this marinate. But um, once again, just to echo what Charlie said, I really appreciate the pun. It's quite hilarious. <laughs> okay. So, you know, now that everyone's like on the same page about what's going on, um, let's discuss. What do you guys, what do you guys think will happen? Starting with you, Charlie. Uh, well, I, I'm not a legal expert, but I did spend a decent amount of time paying attention in Law 12 class, and I honestly have no idea what will happen. Um, I'm going to assume the larger corporations, um, such as Robinhood, have more money to spend on lawyers, uh... Compared to people filing a class action lawsuit. I cannot say that word properly. Okay. Um, in, ter- uh, in terms of how that will impact the case, I have no clue. Because once again, I'm not a legal expert. Um, Why? <laughs> in terms of <laughs> anything else, I also don't know. Because I'm not a legal expert. That was so useless. I'm cutting that out. Oh. Well, okay, if we, it's not just like regular people that are asking for the class action lawsuit. Several, you know, prominent politicians are also like speaking out against this, uh, in particular AOC. Um, you know, they're all calling for this because I don't know. I feel like if you look on Reddit and you look on Wall Street bets and there's updates and there's, you know, two different sides speaking, there's the people that work for the hedge funds. And there's people that are, you know, the people holding stocks like uh, GME and AMC. And they have very different viewpoints. Um, The people holding GME and AMC are like, yeah, we're going to totally destroy Wall Street. You know, these people are are losing so much money. And then people on Wall Street or on working for these hedge funds are like, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. Like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll get over this. Um, Like, this is just expected and nothing will come out of it. So... What do you guys think? Do you think this is just like something that just happens every day or do you think this has broader implications for, you know, the future of, you know, the economy and the stock market? Well, in terms of a kind of pattern I've been seeing uh, in the past few, past few years, there's definitely been more and more memification of everyday life like for example people randomly investing in GameStop stock just for the fun of it or for example like the planned area 51 raid even though it didn't like fully happen there's still been like people who showed up to it but like I'm sure people in like the 1900s did things just for the fun of it as well but especially right now with how much access we have to social media and how much we're online there's definitely been that factor that has been impacting like everyday events. I do have a question for you, Allison. What do you believe are the implications of this event and the greater class action lawsuit? Well, I think we must think about the classic stock mentality is what comes up must come down. And I don't think 
GameStop and AMC is going to go to the moon, as the people on Reddit say. Um, but I definitely don't think this is like something that should be this just like a trivial event. Like this is a very big event. It's the biggest transfer of money from Wall Street to Main Street, um, some people say. And it just implies like what's happening in the world right now because of our shrinking middle class and you know, billionaires are being made by the minute. Like a lot more people are richer than they're supposed to be. And a lot more people are poorer than they're supposed to be. And this is just like one of the events that is because of this. Because we always look at these like high ranking executives that have a lot of money. And the shrinking middle class is definitely affecting our, you know, political and socioeconomic sort of culture. I think we will definitely see more events like this to come. Um, we should invest in some Dogecoin. Yeah, I agree. Dogecoin is going up. They went up by 43% in the past day. I think. Yeah. I don't know. We should all invest in some Dogecoin. (laughs) Sounds like a plan to me. All right. So does Charlie have any other questions before we wrap it up? Kevin, if you want to ask Allison and I any questions you want to know, Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Charlie, I was just wondering, like, what you are currently majoring in at uh, Waterloo. You're, you're studying at Waterloo, right? Yes, I am. So, um, I'm currently majoring in science and business. My program is called Science and Business. Um, the course distribution I take is around forty percent science courses, forty percent business courses, and then ten percent just like random math. Comp sci CS, mm. comp sci is CS. Right. Is this is this like forty plus forty plus ten is ninety? <laughs> oh no. Not mathematics apparently. I. Oh god. <laughs> I take a mixture of business and science courses, um, because I think we mentioned a little bit about this previously. But studying science does like I feel like help a lot in developing like an analytical mindset that you definitely need when working in business. For example, like there, there's not that much difference between analyzing a graph for a certain financial pattern versus like analyzing the data from your chem lab. And that's a skill that's still relatively transferable. So I think my program has done a really good job of combining everything we need to know about science uh, combined with business. For sure. Are you for sure set in stone, um, you know, to pursuing consulting in the future, or are you looking um, to change your career paths later on? Yeah, so I'm definitely like looking at consulting as one of the career options, but right. like this year, I think I also like learned that business is like a really big field, and there's not just like one set career path. There's like people who do risk analysis. There's people who do finance. There's all sorts of different things, and I'm still exploring that right now. Right. And what? Why are you passionate about consulting? Are you in it for the money, or are you like, like, do you, like, wh- what do you see in a future career path? Like, what makes you choose what you choose? That's a really good question. So, I'm not gonna lie, you make a lot of money doing consulting yeah um 
And it's definitely a lot more than you would get if you, like, majored in, like, biochemistry or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely one of the factors why I'm focusing on the business side of my degree more than the science side. But another one is, like, I just really enjoyed the experience I had working in the consulting group at my school. And, you know, it's an environment that I want to, like, explore further or learn about further. And it's an environment that I think that I would genuinely really enjoy working in. Right, for sure. And also, like, I heard from, like, a lot of people who say that, like, the courses that you learn in university actually don't really transfer to um, real life experiences like outside right like how how do you f- like how is the transition for you between um your university courses to or, like your club do you find that there's yeah. overlap in, in between like you know the material that you learn or how is that so there's definitely like basic knowledge that you get from some of your courses that you learn right so if like you want to go into data analysis right, you need to know about stats and you need to know about coding languages and statistics and some of the basic knowledge there and for example in consulting like I learned some of the basic analysis and uh analysis uh processes such as doing like a SWOT analysis or a pest analysis uh in my classes but I didn't get to practice those tools until I was working in the club uh so there's definitely basic knowledge that you do receive from school, but a lot of the working experience and what you need to know or what you do when you're working in an industry is learned through actually working. Mm-hmm, for sure. Also, I just have like one more question regarding um, what you're currently pursuing. Is there a reason why you chose to pursue science instead of like mathematics? Because I know that business and math are like um, is also like a pretty big um field like a lot of people take that as well i didn't get in oh <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry for asking and no, no, no. that's okay but that's <laughs> i did so <laughs> i i applied for engineering right but i didn't get into waterloo engineering uh-huh. and i also didn't get into ubc engineering and I didn't really want to do SFU engineering, so I was like, screw it, I might as well go to Waterloo. Right, for sure. <laughs> That's fun. You can't put that into the podcast, makes you sound bad. Really? No, That's so <laughs> we dumb. can't. That's top tier comedy. Ruined your credibility. What do you, okay, just because I didn't get into, actually. Wait, do you know anything about the computing and financial management program at Waterloo? Because that's something that I'm interested in pursuing. Do you have friends in that? I do have some friends in the math faculty. Um, right. One of them is doing comp sci and two of them are doing financial analysis and risk management. Right. So I they're not in that exact program, but I can ask them. Okay, for sure. Um, I know Waterloo also has a very good AFM program. Mm-hmm. Don't be like scared off by that, even though like just because it's in the arts faculty. Um, it's still like a really good program, but yeah, I'll definitely, if you want to know more about that program, I'll try and find some people in it and let you know about it. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. Um, that's something that I'm interested in pursuing. Um, so if you have any information on that, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, sounds good. Do you have any more questions? 
Uh, actually, sorry, no, I was just joking. I don't have any more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Charlie, you want to end us off, please? Okay, well, that wraps up our podcast this week. Uh, thank you so much to Kevin for joining us as our special guest. And thank you so much to Veronica for producing our podcast. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with our third episode. Uh, maybe we'll have another special guest. Who knows? But thank you so much, Kevin. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I really learned a lot about the stock market and everything. So thank you so much for that. Great. Bye. 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 <laughs>